Welcome to Connecting the Dollars, a personal finance podcast. I'm Emily Augusto, a CPA and financial advisor. And I'm Amanda Vaught, attorney and financial advisor. Both Emily and I are co-owners at Propel Financial Advisors. Propel Financial Advisors is an investment management and financial planning company. We are fee-only fiduciaries and independent registered investment advisors. I'm based in Chicago and Amanda is in New York City, but we work with clients nationwide. The purpose of our podcast is to explore personal finance topics, including budgeting, investing, behavioral finance, current events, and other helpful information. We also hope you'll get to know us along the way. Thanks for listening. Hello, Amanda. Hi, Emily. How are you doing? Doing well here in rainy Chicago. Oh. But it's actually really good because I just planted some some vegetables in my yard last weekend. So. Oh, really? What did you plant? Um, well, I'm doing cucumbers and peppers. Those do really well or pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're trying kale and like a couple other varieties of random things. Oh, so, nice. Yeah. You get a lot of critters there that come to eat them or? Surprisingly, no. I We have, you know, bunnies around and like, obviously I live in Chicago, so there's rats that you see every now and then. Right. Um, I've seen a possum. I live in New York, so I can relate. True. <laughs> um, but yeah, so far so good. Yeah. Yeah. I would die if I saw a big rat in my backyard eating (laughs) one of my cucumbers I planted. (laughs) Yeah. That would be a fun story. Yeah. No. Um, Yeah. That's great. I always like want to have a backyard just so I can have a garden. So I'm a little jealous. Um, You'll have to send me pictures once things start blooming. I will. Um, Yeah. So we are having nice weather here in New York. Um, I've been out running um, I just signed up for a half marathon in the fall. So I've been back on my training plan. Wow. Yeah. Which, um, it's fun. I'm still in the early stages, so no super long runs yet, but, um, so far so good. Good. That's yeah. exciting. to have a goal to look forward to. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I know we talk about financial goals, but you know, mm-hmm. other goals too. Right. Absolutely. Um, so speaking of financial goals, um, Amanda sent me an article recently about individuals who are living paycheck to paycheck. Um, but the interesting thing was these people make like more than $250,000 a year. So Amanda, do you want to talk a little bit about that article? Oh yeah, it was 36%. So more than a third of people earning $250,000 or more are living paycheck to paycheck. And I think for those of us who make less than $250,000 per year, just sort of think, wow, how could that be? What are these people doing with all their mm-hmm. money? Um, which gets into the whole thing about what are other people doing with their money and how great it is to judge other people, right? Instead of gossip about it, gossip about it, say, how could you do that? You know, when really at the end of the day, it really doesn't have anything to do with you or how you spend your own money, right? It's just Mm -hmm. um, fodder for the internet or things for people to talk about. Yeah. It's entertainment. Like I just had COVID over the last couple of weeks and I'll admit I watched some Kardashian shows, you know, just to see like, it's weirdly fascinating, like how other people live um, right. who are in a different uh, 
social class, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but um, there's, you know, there's a lot of that type of stuff on the internet or in other media about how other people spend their money, right? Um, you know, like lifestyles of the rich and famous from when I was a kid. I don't know yeah. if you've seen that, but um, you know, now I see a lot of things like these money diaries on different websites and people will track what they spend in a week say and then they'll publish it as an article and then some that are more extreme variety get discussed on twitter or reddit or it's like look at this person they mm -hmm. spend all their money on bagels and what is wrong with them and why would you do that you know yeah um and and you know i think about coming at it from the angle of a financial advisor and people you know who come to us for advice, um, you know, what would you tell someone like that? You know, let's say right. you really like bagels and you enjoy spending your money on a bagel delivery every day, then you can afford it. You know, what's <laughs> right. wrong with that at the end of the day? That's what money is for, right? To spend it on things that we enjoy or that mm -hmm. make our lives easier or, yeah. um, it's nobody's business at the end of the day. Right. Um, yeah. But when you're publishing these, it is it makes it everyone's business. And it's kind of fun to just like, I don't know, compare and contrast how you would live if you had this person's lifestyle mm -hmm. or yeah. income or whatnot. But I do think that people if you're making $250,000 a year, that is considered very high income. Mm -hmm. I think I was looking up the numbers, what is considered high income. Um, I found a breakdown. And depending on, it was broken down by states. So different states had different numbers to be in like the top 1% of income earners in that state. Um, but in New York, the top 5% was where I live, you know, it was 260 some thousand dollars to be in the top 5%. So $250,000 a year, that's in a lot of states that was pretty close to what the number was, was top 5%. So you're in the top income earners and you're still spending all your money, yeah. you know, which you can say, that's fine. That's your money. You can spend it how you want, but you know, you also, I would say you also need to look at your risk and take a step back and say, if I'm earning $250,000 right now, am I going to be earning that much money next year, five years from now? Mm -hmm. Um, you just don't know. And with the um, chances of a recession increasing, with inflation going up, with the Fed raising rates, now I think is an especially good time to take a step back and look at your personal finances and say, okay, if I am spending all of this money that I'm earning, maybe I should be saving more of it. Yeah, I right? agree. It's important yeah. to, yeah, definitely take a look at your spending, especially now, like when you said, you know, gas is over here, I think over $6 a gallon at this point. Um, so prices are definitely increasing and I think people are starting to feel it a lot more. And it's not only important to get a handle on your spending so that you can make tweaks if necessary, um, but also um, we need to pay attention to where you're getting your advice from. Yes. We were yeah. talking about the money diaries um, that people write into and some people, and some other articles I think would ask like questions about personal finance and the person writing it may not necessarily be an expert in that field. They may just be 
you know, it's an interesting topic they wanted to research. Um, and with social media, you, there's so much information out there. And um, personally, as a financial advisor, I don't agree with all of it, but I sometimes will check in on a financial diet. It's a really popular YouTube channel. Um, I subscribe to a newsletter called The Fiscal Femme. I think uh, Amanda told me about another one called She Spends, just to kind of see what other advice is out there. And whether we disagree or agree, it's important to look at one, what's this person's background? Two, are they being like, are their videos and posts being sponsored by certain banks or apps or something they're trying to promote? Um, just another thing to point out that it's important to to go to the source, go to an expert. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think um, a lot of the social media influencers or other types of people, they are just driven by page views or sponsored content, right? That's how they make their money. Right. Um, which is fine and mm -hmm. or can be fine, but it can be very not fine. Right. And I do think some of these social media posts are people, they do give good advice or they can, or they will track, you know, how they paid off a debt. Mm -hmm. um, I think those kinds of things can be very helpful for people to say, oh, okay, this is what you have to do. This is what I, you know, makes it possible. Like yeah. if you're feeling overwhelmed by your own debt situation and you say, okay, how can I get out of this? Um, you know, so I don't want to say it's all negative. Definitely not. No, no. But, um, you know, the thing is, is that some of the good advice, you know, there's bad advice mixed in too. And if you don't know, how do you know which is which, right? Right. And if it's on social media, a lot of times it's, you know, blanket advice. And we know as financial advisors that personal finance is personal. We say that all the time, like what works for one person is not necessarily going to work for the other. Mm -hmm. so that's another yeah. thing to consider. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I read personally, I read in a personal finance column recently, someone asked about saving for their child's education and the column, the answer was very good, but there was one paragraph that said, oh, you can't put money in a 529 until your child is born and they have a social security number. And I said, well, that's just not true. You can go ahead and open the 529. You just switch it to your child as a beneficiary once they're born. Mm -hmm. um, so you can go ahead and start saving for your child's education before you actually have the child. Um, and so that person might say, you know, if they read it in this column, they say, oh yeah, I have to wait. And really, you know, success in savings and investing, the more time you have in the market in general means you have a better outcome. So by getting this advice to wait to put money in a 529, it, it can be detrimental to this person at the end of the day. Right. Um, even if all the other advice was good. Sure. So, so things like that, um, we see a lot and, you know, you can't like correct everything on the internet. That's never going to happen. But um, we do think that, you know, it's good to have a professional in your corner, someone who's highly educated and who knows this stuff and follows it. Um, and I think a lot of the, the influencers or financial writers don't always know their stuff. Right. Um, I don't know. Did you see any examples um, recently on the internet, Emily, that you thought sort of stood out to you? Not exactly bad advice, just um, things that are more clickbaity or uh, just coming off as uh, authorities 
when it's not coming from an authoritative source necessarily, just, you know, titles like this is a terrible money decision or um, things you need to stop spending money on in your 30s or 12 things to do when you're 25. I mean, you could pick and choose interesting things maybe from there, but um, that would work for you. But I think it's most interesting and maybe helpful when people just share their experiences, like you were saying earlier, just like saying like, oh, this worked for this person. Maybe it's something I can try that would work for me. But mm -hmm. be wary of, again, like when someone is giving advice who you maybe trust because you under you identify with their experience, but they're not necessarily experts in the field. Yes, for sure. Yeah. And so I was, we were thinking that we were talking about these money diaries or other types of financial goals that people share on the internet. And so um, while we can say that these money diaries might be sort of um, just like an entertainment or a way to judge people and how they spend their money, that we also think it could be a really good exercise for people to do, even if you feel like you do have a handle on your budget, mm -hmm. um, we could all use a little handholding with being more conscious of how we're spending our money because it is easy to just sort of stop thinking about it so much. Yes, especially heading into this potential recessionary period. Yeah. So Emily and I decided we are going to try this ourselves and track our own money diaries and see what we can learn based on our own spending and how the exercise of doing the money diary um, helps or doesn't help or, or if it is changes. like a, a good exercise. Yes. Yeah. So, um, you know, we also want to encourage our listeners to do it as well. So I think in the show notes, we'll put a couple examples um, or formats or, or templates, excuse me, that you can follow to track your own spending or, um, Emily, you just use a, like a journal or a notebook, right? Yeah, I used to actually do this back in my 20s when I first started my full-time job. I had a notebook and I would write down, you know, this is my salary. These are my monthly expenses, like rent and uh, internet, whatever. Mm. And let's write down everything I purchased because it made it just, it made me um, be more conscientious with my spending and work on my savings goals. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's the exercise of writing it down, mm -hmm. making it tangible is really important. So if you do do this, I would highly recommend doing that way. I think a lot of the, the just frivolous spending that can happen with certain people does tends to come from just, you know, swiping a card, hitting a button, you know, it's not like, you know, you have cash and you're seeing it physically removed from your wallet. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, making it tangible can really help with that um, connection to your money. I agree. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So it's just going to help us work on being more deliberate with our spending. Um, and do you have any particular goals you want to save for in the near future? I'm always working on saving more for vacation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, that would be my general goal. Yeah, same. Now that summer is here, I'm inching to get out and do something. I know, right? So, um, you know, I could say, oh, I'm saving to save, you know, pay my kids daycare bill. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I think you mean more like, um, you know, the extra expenses, not the regular monthly things that we all have to, we all have to pay. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, I also think this is a really good first step just to 
um, bring some awareness, maybe make some tweaks to your budget so that you can start thinking about um, long-term savings like retirement. Because for me, like the earlier you can start, the better. It's so hard to imagine being in my 50s or 60s and being able to retire. So it's really, there's kind of like a mental block that it's like, why am I saving? How much do I need to save? Mm-hmm. It's difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely and identifying what you're saving for and what you really want to do with your life. I mean, those are big, those are big questions, right? Mm -hmm. Big long-term questions. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you, you have to know the answer right away, but it's good to, it's a good exercise to think about it. Even if you don't come up with the answer. Yeah. Just get the ball rolling. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, I think we covered a lot today. It'll be interesting to um, have our follow-up on how our weekly spending journal goes. I'm actually like a little bit nervous because (laughs) I think I might be a little more um, lax with my budget right now. Yeah, Um, I think there's going to be some things that I really don't want to write down. Yeah, same. (laughs) So um, Stay tuned for that. And if you want to do it along with us or send in questions, um, you can always find us at connectingthedollars.com. Please subscribe to get each new episode automatically downloaded. That uh, would be great to stay updated and rate and review us, please. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Okay. Have a good one. You too. Bye. For all links and resources mentioned today, head over to connectingthedollars.com. Thank you for listening. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. This podcast does not engage in rendering legal, financial, or other professional services.